Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, by the way, shout out to Zach Wilson. He had himself a good weekend, I saw. Um, he was out at some farm with his family, I guess out on the West Coast. Maybe it was in Utah or whatever. And he was drinking uh, authentic milk from a cow, like right, right from a cow. Like he was taste testing. Mom captured that on uh, video and sent it out to the world on the, uh, the worldwide Internet. How about that? Uh, lots of thoughts. And uh, <laughs> I mean, what's probably more interesting is where will he be next year? Who? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, he's getting the vitamin C and the vitamin D. That's important always for whoever team you're going to be a part of and uh, whoever team you're going to be playing quarterback for. Hey, by the way, let me just say, Mike, real quick, congratulations to John from Brick because he won a $200 gift card in the Super Box Bonanza. So congratulations. What is that gift card for, guys? Do we know yet? Is from just oh, random it's our friend gift from Our friends at Fanatics. Oh, Fanatics. So you know what? If you're a Giant fan, you can get some playoff merch, you know, get into the into the feel of the playoff run. If you're not a Giant fan, you can get merch for whatever team you root for, whatever sport it is. So congratulations to John getting himself 200 big ones to have at his disposal. All right, let's get back to the phones here. A lot of people want to chime in. They're all fired up. Mike, Giant football. They're moving on to play the Eagles, 800 919 Three seven seven six. Let us say hi to Tom in New York. He's up next here on ninety eight seven. Tom, good afternoon. How are things? Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. Appreciate it. Um, What's up? Before I get to my giant point, uh, Mike, I just want to say so much respect for the job you did with the Jets back then. I love watching those teams with Rex and Sanchez and everybody. That was good stuff. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, with the Giants, Dan, you kind of sparked something in me. You mentioned something. Maybe you were being a little devil's advocate about Daniel Jones, about, you know, the coaches are the reason that he's playing as well as he is. And I just, I call because I got to point out, that guy right now is playing so far and above the X's and O's. You can hear my voice. I'm like that last guy, Tessa. I'm lost mine too. He's playing so far above the X's and O's. He is, yesterday was like watching one of the kids in middle school who's like the quarterback was asked to do everything so much more than everybody else. And it's, it was on his back yesterday more than anything else. That's all I wanted to say. I got my guy who I believed in most every step of the way, finally evolving. He's 25 years old. He's just dipping his toe into that prime time water. He's coming into his own. We're at the coming out party. We're hanging out. We're watching it. We're enjoying it. And after, you know, the, the first Viking game, the Indianapolis game, this game, that kid is on a roll. And that team is rolling with him. And I'm not afraid to say it. I got belief this week. I got belief that we can get to the Super Bowl if things go our way. And I'm just enjoying it every step of the way. Tom, you know what? I'll, I'll disagree for a second. He didn't look like the kid in middle school who was asked to do everything. Well, he kind of did. But to me, he looked like the kid, you know, when you were playing Little League, who you had to check his birth certificate to make sure he was of legal age because he was just like so much better than everybody else. That's what Daniel Jones reminded me of yesterday because he was the best player on that field. 
And so, you know what, that's a testament to the Giants and a credit to the Giants. Here's the thing, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on what he's done because, like I said, I think yeah. he's had a fantastic season. You put him on the Jets, they're a playoff team this year by comparison. But, but my question is, Mike, you can't even attribute it to necessarily like, you know, one of the arguments is with quarterbacks is like, oh, well, he's got nothing around him. He needs more help at the skill positions. He didn't have great help at the skill positions this year with the revolving door at wide receiver and everything, the injuries to the offensive line. So if it's not the talent around him, don't you then just have to chalk it up to the coaching that was able to draw on his best attributes into what he does best? Yeah, generally I would agree with that. You know, let's add one other piece of context to this really interesting discussion, which is quarterback is a developmental position, and we saw that time and time again this year. Like, let's just look at their opponent coming up this week. No one improved more this year than Jalen Hurts. You know, time on task, high character. You know, if we were in the scouting room, one of the things we talk about is the Tate sets the floor and the character sets the ceiling. Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones both have impeccable character. It's really important to them. They've gotten better. You know, Geno Smith, guys, is a little bit of an extreme example, but clearly it took him years to maximize his ability. And, you know, that's why the Rams claim Baker Mayfield, because they liked him coming out, didn't work out in Cleveland, didn't work out in Carolina, goes out there and wins a game in, a, in an improbable way. So my point is, like, as in most things in life, I think it, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. This guy has the requisite height, weight, speed, and all the, you know, natural talent, and then great coaching, and just more time on task. I, You know what I attribute the comparison to? Like, If I had to make a comparison, Daniel Jones' 2022 season similar to, I go back about a decade when Jim Harbaugh arrived in San Francisco and was able to bring the best out of Alex Smith. That's fair, right? Yeah. yeah because no, Alex that... Smith was a guy who was what? Had already, what, four years under his belt or whatever up until that point and just couldn't get it together. Then you bring in Harbaugh. Yeah, he had a stacked team around him by that too, but he was so well coached. They hit on what he did well. And then you saw a productive player and a guy who became a coveted player for the rest of his career. Yeah, no, that's, and, and look, but, you know, a lot of that too is going to be, hey, um, Andy Reid brought out a lot of him. You know, in addition to what Harbaugh did. So, like, clearly coaching impacted, you know, Alex Smith. But, and clearly you would say that um, what P. Carroll's done with uh, Geno Smith and Dayball with Daniel Jones and Nick Sirianni, like, it all matters. My point is, like, the worst-case scenario for teams is not to give up a player when he doesn't do well. It's to give up on a player and then he does well someplace else. And to just bring Zach Wilson into this conversation, again, if I'm the Jets – I do bring back Zach Wilson. If I get anything out of him, great. But really, I just see it as a bonus. But I just don't indiscriminately just, you know, cut him, Dan, you know, on the first day of the league year. Well, Robert Sala kind of made reference to that. I don't remember if it was after the season or going into the final weekend or something about how he kind of referenced how the Jets organization in the past has, you know, now we look around the league and whether it's Geno Smith, whether it's, you know, Sam Darnold to a lesser extent, you know, quarterbacks that were here, were drafted by the Jets and have moved on and have maybe had a little bit of success elsewhere. You know, Geno Smith, certainly the guy right now who had the great season out in Seattle and helping them go to the playoffs. You know, Darnold had a couple of moments this season uh, with Carolina. But, yeah, he, you know, Robert Sala kind of said, you know, this organization more than anybody else should kind of look within themselves and realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't be so quick to part ways with talent. Um you know, it's not costing you a heck of a lot, right? I mean, you still got this guy on, on by all accounts, a, a team-friendly rookie deal for a quarterback. That's what I think they're going to hope to see when you talk about Zach Wilson entering year three. 
Yeah, and again, what Zach Wilson has to show is, hey, I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to earn the trust and confidence of my teammates, and I'm going to do that on March 1st in Florham Park. I'm not going to go see some swing coach in California. Like, you know, a golfer isn't going to California to work on a swing the week before the Masters. He's with his guy every day, and that's really the most important thing. Be with your coaches at the Jets. Be with your teammates. Get better. Get stronger. Be the first one in. Be the last to leave. And start earning it, really, in six weeks. And then flush 2022. Make it ancient history. Um, But I would not go to another part of the country. Look, you want to take a week or two off, that's fine. But come back and be the CEO. Like, like look at the poise that Daniel Jones has. Like, there's no one that's looking at him and says, boy, he shouldn't be our leader. I agree. Be in the building. Be in New Jersey 100%. Uh, I I agree. And, look, that doesn't – ensure success and guarantee that there's going to be this transformation but it's a you know a, a nice start in, in the other direction and and we'll see what they can draw out of him here 800-919-3776 is the number a couple of other things with the giants like with the game yesterday which we haven't brought up number one and i even tweeted this out as it was going down because it, it struck my eye kenny galladay was a swing and a miss right i mean like the production has not produced you know given you in return of what the giants are paying him and that's a dave gettleman signing well that's where we go out on a limb well, I th- you know, I'm trying to put – I remember soft landing here, and I'm trying to get the silver lining out of this. Did you see how well he was blocking yesterday, especially on the outside? I mean, he was literally just pushing dudes like five yards up the field, clearing space for his playmakers to go out there and do their thing. So I thought that was a step in the right direction, you know, to get something for what they're paying him. Most expensive blocking wide receiver in the NFL. And number two, Daniel Jones – when we talk about all these different things that are going right for the Giants this year and the things that are being used to his advantage, let's not forget to having his healthy Saquon Barkley pretty much all season long and the difference that's made to this offense because I know that he didn't have one of these like outstanding wild crazy games yesterday in terms of the yardage. He did find the end zone. How about that run into the end zone where he just kept those legs churning, Mike, and carried what, a 300-pound defensive tackle in Dalvin Tomlinson basically the last three yards and pushed them into the end zone. I thought that was such an impressive run, I got to tell you. Yeah, and that was against his former teammate, you know. And, yep. Uh, you know, I think Nick Chubb is probably the only other running back um, that has that sort of like lower body strength that Saquon Barkley has. And, and I know that you're a proponent of this. You don't miss leg days. You know, that's a lesson to all the youngsters out there, right? Never forget leg days. Don't skip on the legs. You know, it's not just about the upper body. Got to keep those legs strong. Keep them healthy because you might be in a situation like Saquon Barkley where you have to run a 300-pound defensive tackle into the end zone. So never forget about those life lessons. Uh, John in New Jersey is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how we doing? Hey, can you guys hear me? John, we got you loud and clear. What's going on? All right, thank you for the call. I just wanted to say I'm a young fan, but I grew up uh, in Brooklyn watching the game with my grandfather. And one thing about Daniel Jones that all of us could say right now is that the kid's never pointed fingers and he's always taking accountability. And I think when it comes to him getting paid, you know, Brian Dayball has said it the whole year, players play the game. And Dayball has been a great coach, but she got so much admiration and respect for uh, Daniel Jones, and I hope when it comes time, he, he gets paid. Oh, he's going to. 
Johnny, thank you for the phone call. I mean, come one way or the other, he's going to get paid, whether it's from the Giants or from some of these other teams in the NFL, Mike. It's going to happen. Now, look, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if it's not the Giants. I, I, it really would be something completely catastrophic, I think, for that to go down. But, hey, Daniel Jones, he's making himself a pretty nice chunk of change with the way he's played this year and most recently, of course, yesterday. Yeah, and, and again, if they could say, hey, we don't want to pay him $32 million on one year deal, or we don't think he's worth 40. We think he's worth 30. You could make all those arguments, but fundamentally, my response, if we were having that discussion in the office, like, who are we going to get? Like, right. you want to start Mike White? You want to go with Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, who do you want to go with? Like, that's why these quarterbacks make as much as they do because the alternatives just don't look very appealing. And I think to me, like, peace of mind is something that you can't put a price on. Forget about in football, in sports, just in life in general. You know, like peace of mind is a luxury to have, right? And I think that if you're the Giants, knowing already what you know, like you've got the book out on Daniel Jones. You know his strengths, you know his weaknesses, you know what makes him go, you know what makes him tick, you know what he likes in the cafeteria, what he doesn't like, all those things. I would much rather, if I'm going to go car shopping, I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable and confident in a car that I'm buying that let's say I've maybe driven around before as opposed to one that I'm just sitting in and maybe I've seen from afar, but I've heard some good things about, you know, and I've seen it in action. You know, that hands-on experience is something that's going to be important to me. And I think that, I mean, you as a talent evaluator and as a GM, doesn't that count for something, though, like when you're evaluating different players and just that comfort factor as to who I want versus who I might not have? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a number of factors. You want to really know, like, his ability to learn. All those intangibles, playing hurt. So, of course, you know, the incumbent's going to get the benefit of the doubt. And clearly, like, when you see other players follow their coaches around the league, a lot of that goes to those intangibles, like how, how they take care of their body, how they practice, all those things you want to know to the extent you can. So, absolutely, look, Dan, for a million reasons and then some, you know, talent, ability, scarcity, but certainly, you know, understanding what you're getting in the locker room. You know, one of the other things that um, is really important, Coach Belichick talked about a lot, was you don't want to pay, for example, somebody outside of your building before you pay somebody inside your building. So not that they're going to do this, but certainly, like, if they would go pay a Garoppolo or a Derek Carr a big contract and not pay their own guy, that's you could lose your locker room that way as well. Sam in San Antonio. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Sam, good afternoon. How are you? Hello. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, happy New Year to you and your family. I don't know if it's a little bit too late to still wish that, but I hope you guys are having a good one so far. Um, I guess it's a perfect timing for me to piggyback on the last couple of callers and your gentleman's point. And Mike T., uh, I think you're the perfect person to answer this question, being that you were a former general manager. We know everything about <clears throat> Daniel Jones the last several years. Only he's faced a lot of adversity uh, as a quarterback of the Giants. Uh, you as a as a general manager, my question to you is, and the biggest thing that I don't think that's being mentioned is, we have a guy here that's faced adversity, and we know that can handle New York. Throughout all the sports, there's a lot of people that come to New York and they fail and they go elsewhere and they're very successful. So if I were the general manager of the Giants right now, I'd pay him based upon that, that we know he's he's handled New York and has handled it well. He hasn't said anything, just like the prior caller said. He, he, he accepted all the responsibility and such. So how much is that worth when you're evaluating giving a, a contract to your, your your quarterback in New York? Yeah, I think that's the biggest point. I would give him based upon that. Yeah, 
No, it's a it's a fair point. It's not the only factor, but it, it is a factor. No, of course. And, yeah, Kennedy, that goes for the head coach too. I'll tell you guys a really a funny story. Um, mm-hmm. And I've sort of reunited here with uh, Coach Edwards. Her, Herm's back with us at ESPN. We watch the game each Sunday. But early on in his tenure at the Jets, I was the assistant GM. A gentleman named Terry Bradway was our GM. And um, Herm goes down for a press conference. And Herm came from Tampa Bay. He was the assistant head coach. The team was very successful. They had a very popular and very successful head coach in Tony Dungy. And on any given day back in those days, they probably had two or three reporters that would come to a press conference. Well, Herm goes down for a press conference in New York, and you know there's 10x the amount of people. Yeah. He comes back up and he says to Terry and I, hey, we're not in Tampa Bay anymore. I don't think these guys are rooting for me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Herm, welcome to New York. And to the caller's point, like be it head coach or quarterback, you do need to have like a certain sort of personality. You know, candidly, We've seen Robert Soller struggle with that. We saw Robert Soller call out the fans. We, You know, that infamous, hey, I'm taking receipts. Like, that doesn't play well in New York. But Brian Dayball plays well in New York. Daniel Jones plays well in New York. And when you have something that's working the way they do, I, I am hard-pressed to move on from them, and I agree with what the caller's saying. How much do you think Dayball, the time that he had with the Jets as an assistant coach under Mangini, you know, it wasn't that long of a time, but how much do you think just that exposure – helped him in terms of now having to run the show, dealing with the media, all these things now by himself as a head coach. Yeah, it all matters, you know, and he coached Favre that year. So yep. you're talking about, you know, a big stage and a big person. So I think it all matters, and and Brian's personality can handle it. Like I said, he's really comfortable with his own skin. Look, they're going to go on a three-game losing streak, and I don't think that's going to impact him at all. So um, I think he's the right man for the job. And they faced adversity already this year. Remember, they got off to that great start, and then all of a sudden they hit that rough patch where, you know, they went about a month without a win, and you started to think, boy, you know, the Giants out of gas here, or they're their true colors kind of showing themselves. But they were able to get this thing back on track, and now they're one of the last four teams standing in the NFC. Let's say hi to Johnny in Phillipsburg. He's up next here on 98.7. John, how you doing? Good, guys. Uh, just a quick question. What can Giants fans take away from their last game with the Eagles? Well, I mean, Davis Webb played that game, so I don't know how much you could take away from it from you know a, a giant perspective offensively. A lot of starters didn't play that game. And by the way, I'm glad you brought that up, John. You know, Mike, there's so many different ways to skin a cat, and I guess the answer is different for each team about how you approach – because this has gone on year after year after year, and it's going to continue. How you approach those last game or two of the regular season that might not mean anything, right? Brian Dayball decided to rest a lot of his guys in that season finale against the Eagles. They came out the next week. They played one of their best games of the year and won a playoff game. You had a team like the Chargers, who went out there in the season finale against Denver, played their starters – Mike Williams got injured, and then they go out there and they blow a 27 nothing lead in a playoff game. So, you know, you could say that didn't maybe pay dividends for them all that well. Is that how you would take it as, you know, a coach is going to do what he feels best for his particular team on a particular year? Yeah, this one's a tough one for me because, you know, obviously a lot of people are, are criticizing Brandon Staley. He plays Mike Williams, gets hurt, doesn't play in their loss Saturday. You know, basically you can deactivate seven players um now there's some flexibility now with offensive linemen but you're basically going from 55 to 48 players so 
most of those guys are going to have to play. And I do think there's some familiarity, again, with the Eagles, not in as much their last game, but knowing that you've seen them, you know, year in, year out. Now, obviously, it's a new staff, but um, I do think that helps the Giants. But I agree with you, Dan. Like, it was Davis Webb. So, in terms of a lot of overlap, probably not a ton, but at least from the scheme standpoint, um, you just saw it two weeks ago. Yeah, there was. A, I mean, it was Davis Webb, and there was a lot of other guys, you know, that were second stringers, third stringers playing in that game because you know they wanted to get to the finish line in one piece. It was a long season for them. They did what they had to do. You know, they had the playoff spot locked up already in that last week, so they were entitled to do it. Now, that might be not exactly the best course of action for a different head coach, and you know what? That might not be the same course of action for the Giants if they're in this same situation next year. I mean. Let's go back, what is this now, 15 years, right, when the Giants won that first Super Bowl with Tom Coughlin. Remember that last game of the season against the Patriots on that Saturday night where Giants yep. had nothing yep. to play for? Tom Coughlin very famously decided to play all his guys. They tried to win the game. They tried to spoil the Patriots' undefeated regular season. Came up just short, but in hindsight, they all said that by them going out there and playing to win that game, that kind of gave them a leg up for when they met them a month later in the Super Bowl. Yeah, great analogy. So, um, now look, difference here, Davis Webb played, not Daniel Jones, but um, I think there's some, that's fair, there's some overlap there. Let, let, let's dive into it a little bit more when we come back, you know, because we said we would talk about this game and we're going to have, you know, what, five more days, six more days to preview this thing here. But, you know, let's start to break it down here, at least in the early going. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. It's Dan Grassa. It's Mike Tannenbaum. We're in for Barton Hahn right here on 9870 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Thanks to the over 1,700 ESPN New York listeners who played Cover 5 this football season. Each week you pick five games against the spread and the results are in. The grand prize, $1,000, went to Nate from Hoboken, who won by a landslide, nearly 40 points above the rest. Gordon Damer, our good buddy, he led the way for the ESPN personalities coming in at 94th place. Stay tuned for news on the next Cover 5 contest right here on ESPN New York. Congratulations to all. Mike, I got to be honest with you. I was just telling Anthony this during the break. I completely forgot over the last two weeks of the regular season to even enter my cover five picks. Completely forgot. Okay. Because it was during the holidays. And like once the holidays are going on, you're kind of off the norm and you forget about like the routine that you're used to throughout the season. So I completely whiffed on the cover five. That's a bad job out of me. Well, does that put you on double secret probation? I th- well, you know what it is? I think as a punishment next year when the season starts, I'm not going to be allowed to enter picks for the first two weeks of the season. It's like a two-week punishment, so then I have to play catch-up the rest of the way and kind of like behind the eight ball. Not good. Very not good. Anyway, we live, we learn. So, Giants, Eagles, round three. Um, you were involved, by the way, in a very famous – Round three. Now, Anthony, this is this is kind of like one of these watershed type of days because 12 years ago on this day, Mike, do you know what happened 12 years ago on this day? Nope. You have no idea. Anthony, do we have anything that we could play that would maybe rekindle Mike's memory to what happened 12 years ago on this day? To all the non-believers. How did that? To all the non-believers. <laughs> Especially you, Tom Jackson. Way to have our back, Keyshawn. Anybody can be beat. So how did that just feel? Felt great. Poetic justice. We know we were a much better team than we came up and represented ourselves. And we were, we were off. We was ready to come back and show what kind of defense, what type of team this was, what kind of character we had. We take a lot of slack. People gave us no chance, like we barely made it in the playoffs. We're a good football team. It looks like this team played with anger all day. Why, Bart? For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we're the third best defense in the league. All we hear is about their defense. They can't stop a nosebleed. 25th in the league, and we don't want to get disrespected. Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. 12 years ago. <laughs> How about time flies, huh? That is so good. Now let me now, now be honest with me. Let's let let's go back in the time machine because we're on the subject. You couldn't have had two more contrasting outcomes, at least to the first two regular season games. First game up at the Meadowlands, week two. That was a defensive slugfest. You guys made some plays there late in the game. I remember Jason Taylor had a big strip sack of Tom Brady to almost seal the win there in the fourth quarter. You beat them at home. Then you go down to Foxborough on Monday night in early December. And you get shellacked, forty-five to three. I, I mean, think you're being, I, I think you're being kind. That's right. Yeah, right. Shellacked would be putting it kind. And remember, Jim Leonard didn't play in that game. He got hurt at practice, so you were without a guy who was kind of one of the you know leaders of that defense. Certainly in the secondary, a guy who was very familiar with the system. You're coming home from Foxborough after that forty-five to three. What was the overall mood of the team after that one that night? Well, um, I you know, it's funny. We talked a lot about Brian Dayball over the last hour and a half. And 
what a good coach is. And, you know, people study leadership. People try to say what it is. I, I lived it with Rex. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend trying to replicate Rex because he's very unique. Um, but I'll tell you what, we lost. I remember scouting. I was at Boston College that day looking at their players coming out of the draft and just thinking, like, gosh, like, this whole city thinks they're going to crush us tonight. And I think, like, we're going to, you know, just do the opposite. And obviously we got killed. But I remember flying back, taking off from Providence, and Rex saying it publicly and saying it on the plane, like, guys, if we play them again, we're going to beat them. We are the better team. We made a couple of mistakes. We got to clean it up. But we are the better team. And he said it in a way that was extremely authentic. And – you know, that team was led by him and guys like Bart Scott and m- many other veterans like Damian Woody. Um, and, you know, w- when we won that game in the playoffs, I'll tell you this, like there wasn't one person that was surprised. Were we happy? Absolutely. Were we excited? Of course we were. But no one sat there and felt like we didn't have a reasonable chance to go win that game. And no, nobody within the organization, right? I mean, but but, you know, to the outside world, that was a huge shocker. Number one, because you went into Foxborough and you beat the Patriots. You beat Brady and Belichick. And the Patriots were playing as well as anybody at that point. Brady had the real, like, long hair that season, which was kind of odd. And I don't even know if it was real, but regardless. Um, but then you won the game. And David Harris, with that interception of Brady on that first drive, and he just ran out of gas as he was trying to take it back to the house. You know, you had the Sanchez, you know, the corner fade to Santonio Holmes for that touchdown pass, which is good a ball as maybe Sanchez had ever thrown. Just even that quick out to LaDainian Tomlinson for that in the flat for that one touchdown. That was a tough throw that he had to put it right there so we could turn around and reach that ball across the pylon there. I mean, just guys making unbelievable plays in that game. I mean, Jericho Cotri, the big catch and run in that fourth quarter to try to cement the victory. I mean, so many contributions. And, you know, if you're a Jet fan of a certain age, Mike, who wasn't around for Super Bowl three, uh, that might be like if, you know, you asked them what was the best win you ever had as a fan in your life, that one might be it for all intents and purposes. Let's be real. Yeah. And you know what else is really funny is um, I was up in the press box watching the game and I'm watching the clock, and I'll never forget the clock is right above, like this advertise a billboard for a construction company, and I'm watching that probably as much as I am the game. I'm like, this freaking clock is way too effing slow. Like, I just like that fourth quarter took like about a decade. I just, um, uh, it's one of those things you'll never forget. Like what I was wearing, where I was sitting. You know, that was a tough place for us to play, and we were the better team. Like again. All the credit to New England, very solid. But, like, we went up there. We really felt we were a better team. And really now to move this story forward, Dan, like, when you think about when they're taking that bus trip down to uh, Philadelphia on Friday night, that's what Brian Dayball has to do. Like, hey, guys, like, they may win tomorrow, but guess what? If we play the Philadelphia Eagles ten times, we're going to win eight of them. We're going to win seven. We are the better football team, and we're going to show everybody that tomorrow. And here's exactly how we're going to do it. They're not going to tackle you, Daniel Jones. They're a little bit undersized. They're built to rush the passer, Saquon. They're not going to, you know, really rough it up in there with you and and, and play physical football. And on the other side, guys, like we're going to tackle. No big plays. Like we're going to make sure that we follow our keys because they're about deception, you know. And when AJ Brown, Devontae Smith catch the ball, we're going to make them pay for it. We're going to play within the rules, but we're going to be physical. And when we do that, guys, we're the better football team. When we win tomorrow, it's not because it's a hope. It's not because the ball bounced our way. It's because we're the better football team.
And maybe like the Giants version of that 45-3 to game was the one that they experienced at the Meadowlands this year when Philadelphia came down and almost put up a 50 spot on them. You know, it was kind of ugly, and it got away from the Giants there. Maybe that's going to be the game that the Giants look back to and say, well, you know, that wasn't really us. And if we see these guys again, Week 18 doesn't count because, like you said, it was backups, Davis Webb, all those things. But when you factor all these things together, Jalen Hurts still not 100%. We know that, right? The Eagles, by all accounts, limped to the finish line. You know, they won week 18. I don't know if they would have won if the Giants were playing their starters. Um, you never know how a team is going to function after getting that first round by in the playoffs. All right. We haven't seen the Eagles for a couple of weeks here. Nick Sirianni, he's only going to be coaching in his second playoff game. Still doesn't have a playoff win as a head coach. Right. Brian Dayball at least has one of those under his belt already, as we saw yesterday. I think the Giants got a heck of a shot in this football game. I thought they'd win yesterday. They got a chance, and I think you're in agreement, that they can easily find themselves playing on Championship Sunday. And who would have thought that that would have been a possibility, certainly when you and I were doing a bunch of shows together back in August? Yeah. Um, look, that's what the a sign of a good team, Dan, is they get better. They don't beat themselves. Um, they, they, they're they an improved football team, and 100% of that goes to the coaches. Like That's what you're supposed to do, get your team better. Jose in Brooklyn, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, how we doing? Good morning. Good afternoon, guys. Hi, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I, I'm a Jeff fan, but I'm calling in about the Giants because I think the Daniel Stor- um, Jones story has been um, fantastic this year. And I just wanted to ask a couple questions because I think he's going to demand top dollar. It's not even a question after this game. Um, and as a Jeff fan, I would definitely be interested in trying to be in that market. I know um, uh, Mike mentioned um, Derek Carr and the situation. I got a little sidetracked by that because Josh McDaniel. When you said um, Josh, uh, if Josh McDaniels doesn't want him, what you know? What does that really say? Doesn't really tell me a lot because Josh McDaniels picked Tim Tebow over Jay Cutler, so I'm not really you know too worried about what he thinks about quarterbacks when he kind of ran off franchise quarterback as a history. But um, back to Daniel Jones, I think he's definitely a top market. To be this this all season, well, and I think the Giants know that, Mike. I mean, Jose, thank you for the phone call. I mean, I I think that the look, Giants consider Daniel Jones to be their quarterback. You heard every guy in that locker room yesterday after the game. I mean, some of them were calling Daniel Jones elite. They know what they have in that room. They see it all year. They see it on the practice field. They see it within that building, the locker room. And I think the coaching staff in the front office feel exactly the same way. Now, look, are they going to try to get a deal done that's as team-friendly as possible while also rewarding the player? Of course they are. But I I don't think that the Giants are still in the evaluation stage, Mike. I mean, they know what they have in Daniel Jones, and they want to keep him. Yeah, and now it's just a question of how much. And then, you know, obviously all these other questions, uh, you know, are within a context of, okay, if we stretch on Daniel Jones, who can't we have? But it starts with him. You're going to get the deal done, and then you figure out, you know, you get Saquon done, and then you figure out, you know, what's left over. But those are two guys, to me, like you have to have. A.D. is in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7. A.D., how we doing? Hey, afternoon, Mike T., Dan. How's it going, guys? Good, A.D. What's up? Um, just nothing, man. I was just calling in about the game yesterday. Just wanted to say that uh, the game went as I expected. I've been telling people for the last two weeks, that uh, Minnesota could definitely be beat. When you looked at that first game, Dan, uh, they had an interception in the plus territory. They had a fumble and a block punt, and it still took a 61-yard field goal at the final gun of the fourth quarter to beat this team. So you had to think if they played mistake-free, 
that they can win this game. I'm right along with Mike T. Uh, I'm not sure if they could for sure win this game Saturday night against Philly, but I was encouraged by how the team played in that Week 18 matchup when Philly needed that game for the number one seed, specifically the defense that had backups upon backups. Wasn't really expecting the offense to do much with Davis Webb. So uh, I would give them a legit shot. And Everybody's talking about uh, Jalen Hurt being hurt, but I think an equally big injury that people are not talking about is uh, Lane Johnson with that ab injury that he's going to have to play through because he needs surgery. And uh, if he can't play or he's, if he's compromised, it's going to be real tough for that offensive line to do what they do. Yeah, I, think, I don't disagree. I think, I, yeah, I think the Lane Johnson point is an excellent one. And even if he's not 100%, um, that's a, an advantage for the Giants. He's a great, great offense tackle. And taking nothing away from Jalen Hurts because he had a great year, but that line is dominant. Um, if Lane Johnson's not 100%, that, that's, that is a significant injury to keep an eye on. And you want Ojolari healthy, too, from the Giants' pass rushing perspective, right? He didn't finish that game yesterday, got nicked up again. He's been fighting it all season long when it comes to injuries. You want to Aren't make they, sure that – yeah. Won't he play? I think he'll play, but didn't he get nicked up again yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in, in the game? So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the Giants have been battling this thing all season long – um, when it comes to injuries, and that's why it was refreshing that we found, you know, going into the game yesterday where you saw like, well, these guys are about as healthy as they've been on defense in a very long while. You know, and Leonard Williams, for example, you know, he's dealing with the neck thing. He said this thing ain't going to be 100% until the offseason. It just, you need some rest and that sort of stuff. But, you know, you're just going to have to tape it up as best as you can, all these guys. You know, you play football for four months and change. I mean, you're not going to be 100% healthy. And these are the games that have the most consequence and the highest stakes. And, you know, it's a war of attrition at this point to see who could get to the finish line here. We come back, a lot more to do, including, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the quarterback position. A guy who may or may not be available suffers maybe a little or sends a subtle message to his current team. I'll tell you what that is coming up next. Dan Gross and Mike Tannenbaum in for Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Dan Cross and Mike Tannenbaum. We're in for Barton Hahn right here on 98.7 ESPN. Mike's got some TV stuff he's got to do at the top of the hour, so he's going to say goodbye to us, and I'll take it for another half hour right up until Nick's pregame for the Knicks and the Raptors. All right, Mike, so we watched the Ravens last night fall short, and now they're trying to decide how they can extend the olive branch to Lamar Jackson and figure out how they can stay on the same page or get on the same page and work out a long-term partnership. Well, Lamar Jackson posted on Instagram earlier today, when you have something good, you don't play with it. You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it. Because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too. Now, I know that that probably brings a tear to your eye, very sentimental, kind of like a hallmark moment and all those things, but Lamar Jackson wants money. That's how I interpret it. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny how um, you know athletes communicate this day and age. You know, we see uh, uh, certain guys scrub their uh, social media accounts. Um, we saw what Aaron Donald take down. He was a current player for a certain amount of time yesterday, so uh, yeah, he's pissed. He wants a deal. He hasn't gotten it yet, and he wants a new deal. Yeah, that was great with Aaron Donald, right? Like, to your point, I don't know how many people even saw this. Aaron Donald on his, like, Twitter bio yesterday while the games were going on. So I don't know how many people would even be checking Aaron Donald's Twitter to even notice this type of thing, but apparently it happened. He decided he was going to use that moment to, or in his little bio to change it to former NFL player for the Los Angeles Rams. Well, somebody picked up on it, and then it's been changed back. Now he's a current player, so congratulations to Aaron Donald and uh, and the Rams for uh, him still being part of the team, I guess we could say. Uh, let's say hi to Marcus in Union up next year on 98.7. Marcus, how we doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Love the show. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the game yesterday. Uh, I really thought uh, Daniel Jones played a tremendous game. I'm a big fan of him. And it's so funny, at work I'm always defending him. And it's, I was looking through my social media, and I and I seen that they had like this apology for him with the Daniel Jones thing, and I think it's so funny. But I think he's definitely going to be uh, the franchise quarterback. I'm thinking maybe uh, two to three years, thirty, thirty-five million a year. And I just wanted to get, wanted to get you guys thoughts on on that contract. And also, do you guys think that there's a chance that the Giants could possibly go after uh, T. Higgins? <sighs> T. Higgins a free agent, Mike? He is. Okay, he is. And Cincinnati, by the way, they got a lot of guys on that team, right, that are going to need to be taken care of. And you have to wonder, you know, that's another discussion for another time about just trying to keep that band together because you know that Joe Burrow is somebody that's going to command, uh, you know, the earth, the moon, and the stars, of course. But you got a lot of playmakers, whether it's T. Higgins, whether it's Jamar Chase, and you're not going to be able to keep everybody, and you're right. T. Higgins uh, is going to be free at the end of the season. It's going to be a lot of suitors for a guy of his ilk, not just the Giants, but – Giants are going to have some money and some flexibility on the salary cap, certainly a lot more than Joe Shane had to work with coming into this season. Yeah, and uh, T. Higgins is a guy that I'm sure Cincinnati will try to get back. You know, Tyler Boyd, him, and obviously the great Jamar Chase. That's certainly the backbone of, uh, you know, the foundation for what they hope to be, you know, a great sort of have this great run. So, um who knows, maybe they franchise him, but yeah, he'll he'll have a robust market for sure. And the other problem is, it's like, you know, you think about Joe Burrow, you know, he's your franchise, he's the guy that you want to support and everything, but, you know, these offensive linemen, and they're down three starters, and we got the word uh, a little while ago that Jonah Williams, the left tackle, diagnosed with a, a um, dislocated kneecap, 
So he ain't going to be playing this week. So they're already down a big component of your offensive line. And, you know, we saw Joe Burrow and the Bengals somehow patch that thing together and get all the way to the Super Bowl last year behind a makeshift offensive line. I don't know. You think uh, history can repeat itself? Catch lightning in a bottle twice? That might be what it takes for Cincinnati if they want to win a couple of more games and get back to the big game. Yeah, you know, what's so interesting is, like, if we just do a quick thumbnail sketch of the AFC I don't think any of us think Jacksonville is going to get there, right? Like that, they're 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 a couple of years away. So Buffalo showed some flaws yesterday. They were up seventeen nothing in complete control. Josh Allen's turning the ball over quite a bit. Yep. And and then you know Cincinnati has their flaws as you mentioned, but someone's going to win the Cincinnati Buffalo game. Um, this to me that kind of sets it up for Kansas City all over again. You know they got the home game against Jacksonville. That should be a win. And now they're either at home against Cincinnati or in Atlanta against Buffalo. And uh, I would think they're going to be favored in both of those situations. Well, I hope – I mean, I hope Cincinnati wins. I hope they go up in Buffalo and beat them because I don't want to see a championship game on a neutral field. I do believe in in home field advantage. And, look, the way I see it, we might be having a rematch of last year's AFC championship game, right? Cincinnati at Kansas City. That might be exactly the same thing happening here because you're right about Buffalo. I mean, if Buffalo played – that same type of game that they played yesterday and the opponent was the Bengals and not a Dolphins team with a third-string quarterback, I don't think Buffalo walks off the field a winner. I think their season's over today. Yeah, and that's my point. There's holes in, in all these teams. So, you know, uh, both Cincinnati and Buffalo have some things that they have to shore up for, for. You know, neither team is looking as dominant. Look, let's face it, if you're the Ravens today, how sick are you over that 98-yard fumble recovery? Oh. You know, Tyler Huntley punches that in. Who knows what happens? So, and that, you know, again, you can make a very similar argument. There's Baltimore winning with their backup quarterback. So, um, someone's going to win that game, but both those teams are, are not playing their best football. So, I think this really sets up really well for Kansas City. Real quick, before uh, we let you go, any thought? give me a thought or two on the game tonight here. Is this going to be uh, Tom's season finale, or are the Cowboys going to have another early playoff exit? Yeah, I like Tampa tonight. Ryan Jensen's back their center uh, yeah. for Tampa Bay. And um, Dallas is 1-4 and four in the last row, last five row games on grass, which is what Tampa plays on. Um, it's a slower surface, and uh, I think that slows down that great Cowboy pass rush. So I like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady tonight. We're in agreement. And I didn't think Tampa Bay would win a playoff game this year. But you know what? The way the matchups kind of unfolded, I kind of agree with you. And that Jensen is huge, huge news for them, certainly the anchor of that offensive line. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.